Hello everyone and welcome. It is a beautiful day to be here with you on Amazing Space. I'm Alicia Mitchell and whether you are a longtime friend or you are new, I am so glad you chose to join me today. Amazing Space podcast is where kindness, creativity, and friendly conversation are just the beginning. I hope to invite times of personal reflection, and I hope you will join me as we open our hearts to the rhythm of what brings peace. Through love, laughter, and spiritual inspiration, I'm looking forward to sharing this space with you. So grab your favorite drink, coffee or tea, get comfortable, and let's talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are on part three of my little Holy Emotions series, and I want to share with you a little of what I do. In counseling or any type of therapy, you will find that providers hold close to a certain therapeutic technique. There are no telling how many out there and probably more as we speak. My technique approach has always been cognitive behavioral therapy. It's my go-to. It's my favorite therapeutic approach. And I will share a little more about why later. But CBT is simply stated a type of psychotherapy in which negative patterns of thought about the self and the world are challenged in order to alter unwanted behavior patterns or treat mood disorders. And mood disorders can range from depression to anxiety. There's personality disorders. And with a mood disorder, your general emotional state or mood is disordered or inconsistent with your circumstances and often interferes with your ability to function. And that was just kind of a little bit more about mood disorder. But cognitive behavioral therapy, the focus is the negative patterns of thought about yourself and about the world. And where we come to a place that we challenge them, there's also reframing them in order to alter the unwanted behavior patterns. So CBT is based on several core principles. It's a structured goal-oriented type of psychotherapy, which basically means talk therapy. And so some of these core principles are psychological issues are partly based on problematic or unhelpful patterns of thinking. Psychological issues are partly based on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior. Psychological issues are partly based on problematic core beliefs, including central ideas about yourself and the world. And people experiencing these psychological issues can learn better ways of coping with them. And it can ultimately help relieve their symptoms and improve their mental and emotional health. Now, this sounds wonderful in theory, right? I think at some point or place, or maybe several point or places, we would love 
to change our patterns of thinking. We would love to do away with the unhelpful behaviors and ultimately change ideas about ourselves and the world that we live in. And to go even further, I would love not only if I could find someone that could do this for me, I would love to be able to do it for others. People come into my office and one of the first things that I always talk about is I'm here to help and support and to give you the tools to talk about things. I am here for you, but I cannot fix these problems. I cannot change your patterns of thinking, the unhelpful behaviors, or the ideas about yourself and the world in which you live. I can help you with these, what we call coping skills that, yes, will relieve symptoms, but as I have thought and prayed and studied in this holy emotions vein, so many things, career, yes, but spiritually, the connection is just, it is amazing. And I think it's something that we know, but there is this ongoing battle, if you will, between our spirit and our flesh. But what I love about this approach and what many people don't realize is there is a common thread that weaves its way through what science has discovered to be beneficial by way of implementing these healthy coping mechanisms taught through CBT, also other approaches, but this and with what the Bible has long stood for in terms of emotions and what it has equipped us with for thousands of years prior. Someone who may not know or understand the full depth of our God-given instructions would have very little success in finding hope in a brighter day or joy coming in the morning because in the midst of overwhelm, exhaustion, or even clinical depression, it is hard to see the next moment sometimes. I've been there. Seeing to the next day even seems too much, too overwhelming when you are faced with these strong emotions. So last week, I asked you a series of questions, but the finale is one I hope you had some time to really digest. Can we control our emotions. There are several terms and diagnoses that even give a free pass for some disorders, we'll call them, that have a hard time with this emotional regulation. But the question stands, can we control our emotions? In a lot of our time and effort, we spend exhausting our energy on answers 
where do you start your search? And I've been guilty on many occasions to do the same. Just ask Google. But I wonder if we turned to God as quickly as we turned to Google, what would take place? I wonder if we trusted in His Word as much as we trusted in Wikipedia, what things could change. Even in our church world, we have missed the precision of our Savior, who I believe gave us the tools, directed our steps to be able to put things into practice. I don't believe for one minute that God created these things we call emotions just for a laughable joke on Judgment Day. Ah, gotcha. Just wanted to see what you would do. We all love that, right? But I believe we are given these feelings these emotions, to learn from Him, to learn to control our emotions through response, through finding an alternate route, responding differently, through being different than a world who lacks this control. You see, we quote the scripture, be different, be set apart, but my friend, I believe it means more than clothes and just physical outward appearance. And that is important. Don't misunderstand. It is absolutely important. But I can have on my modest everything on the outside. But what message am I sending from the inside? Are my words cruel? Do I give harsh accusations or arrogant eye rolls? Do I give time? Do I allow myself to be available? What does this have to do with emotions? Well, for a long time, psychologists believed emotions were strictly tied to our brain, but over time they have learned that what we really already knew, it's like a three-way call our heart and our brain and our body. You see, emotions are your brain's best guesses of what your bodily sensations are telling you, guided by your past experience. What do these sensations mean? And that is where we find emotions. In the cognitive behavioral model, I talk a lot about the situation that provokes the thought, that provokes the emotion, that provokes the action or the response. And then it's just an ongoing cycle. Then we think about, well, why did I respond that way? Why did I say that? So it's this beautiful picture of if we can hone in on the thought. So yes, it is a very real thing, our brain. Your brain constructs these guesses in the blink of an eye. So rapidly, in fact, that emotions feel like uncontrollable reactions that happen to us when emotions are actually made by us. So it's a cycle. Past experiences leave an impression on your heart Maybe it was a bully in elementary school, middle school. Maybe it was an abusive relationship with a significant other or maybe a family member. 
Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was a friendship. Pieces of your heart are broken along the way. And yes, although this is a figurative picture, it is a real picture. Pieces get chipped off and they are left back where those moments impacted you in ways that you would not even realize. Because we got through it, right? We persevered and we pushed and we prayed and we got on the other side. But we didn't. We didn't get on the other side because we did not truly understand the true meaning of a broken heart. So now when events or situations happen that either A, make those memories come back to vivid life or B, create new broken pieces, we become ticking time bombs. The limbic system is what controls the experience and expression of emotions as well as some of the automatic functions of the body. So by producing these emotions, fear, anger, pleasure, sadness, the limbic system enables people to behave in ways that help them communicate and survive physical and psychological upsets, right? So, but the key here is to understand it's an expression of the emotion. It controls the experience and the expression So I mentioned to you last week the importance of terms, right? And I may have bored, you know, you to death today with all of this, but I feel like it was very important to give you a map, if you will, of all the things that maybe science and professionals in our day and age, they have and they're trying to help. But I am telling you, friend, that's important and necessary, but it is not new. These terms and what, you know, creates where in your brain it does what is valuable. But I feel like we could all agree that's great. And and maybe you're not a nerd like me. I, I love reading more about the brain and the body. I, I do. I enjoy it. But we want to know what now. What do we do now? And even though the specific terms may not be something you remember. What is important is that you remember what you have lost along the way is of the utmost importance. It has created a behavior. It has created a pathway for how you respond even today if it is not processed and addressed. You may not realize the ways you respond are still holding on to past emotions. You may not even understand why you respond the way that you do or why these certain things just keep hurting you. Whether or not you have been violently done wrong or you have made the choice to violently turn it around, you and I, if not making the choice. We will live in a constant state of chaos. Turmoil will always find us 
And it will seem worse because of that path. Because of the broken places. It will always seem a certain way because that's what your mind is telling you based on the evidence of your past. And hear me now. I am not saying your past was not an important and valid reason to become sad and angry and mad. But hopefully you understand that staying there, staying in that space only hurts and harms ourselves. And then it starts to bleed out because relationships become hard and challenging and we start isolating or we we pull away because no I don't want to hurt like that again I wanted to share briefly this week I've worked with um, several clients and we've actually talked in depth about a topic that is not popular by demand but I got to thinking again about the connection here and one client says to me I don't know what the missing piece is And as I listened, God spoke so clearly to me. And as soon as I said the word, it's forgiveness. My client responded immediately without thought. No, I can't. I won't. I had another client spoke of a past relationship that they've had for five years. And it has kept them in a state of depression off and on but never really better it just bad to worse and this client has a healthy relationship now with a person that loves them and values them but they struggle to accept those words because the words and the actions of another individual from a long time ago space in her life that was filled with turmoil Those are the labels that she lives in. I want to share some scriptures today that I felt very strongly to share. You see, emotions and painful past experiences, they're not new. As I mentioned earlier, depression and anxiety, fear, uh, anger, they've been around for thousands of years. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-7 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience with your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trust to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we. And so the word tells us in advance Do not be ignorant of the power of thoughts and of imagination and cast those things down. 
They are not real. And take every thought, every thought captive by reading and speaking the word of God over them. Ephesians 4, 15 through 20 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by what? Every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And so we speak as our response, our words oftentimes are our response. And as we strive to fit joined together, we can only do this in the edifying through love. We have to be aware that this ignorance is manifested by the blindness of our heart. And our heart is deceitful. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God knows, my friend. He knows your heart. And he calls for you and he calls for me. He beckons that all this that we carry, that that we are burdened with, we struggle and in the strife, We find it hard to get through these trials that life brings. Our Heavenly Father already knew. He knew those burdens, the pain and the suffering, because He already walked that road. He already made the choice to create a change, and that change meant there had to be death. He had to die. And not just any death, but the death of Jesus Christ. And so as you push your way through the crowds, remember he knows you by name. As you face maybe one of the most difficult challenges yet, and you feel lost, and you feel alone, and you feel broken, listen for the Father. Let his words surround you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he is always right beside you. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray today for my listener. I I ask you to find a seat where they are. 
a ready available space just to whisper to remind them how much they mean to you and how much you love them regardless of any past decision or mistake i pray that my listener would open their heart to you today letting go of what used to cause so much pain and allow you full access you are the mender of the brokenhearted you are the comforter for those who grieve i thank you so much for this opportunity and for your words that are breath and they are life inside of us go with them today cover them in your beautiful and matchless name amen i hope to be with you again soon but until then love without reason laugh without regret and pray without ceasing